I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now.
had a dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent, but you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemnest they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore. And then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry 
you sure this is the right place to recruit for a militia? God save King George! Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
I don't know. Do we do this? <laughs> Welcome back, fuckers. Hey. No. There's no lag. There's no bullshit. It's it's all good. Welcome back. Welcome back, fuckers. Holy shit. To the Patriot Party Podcast. Yes. Yes. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> Welcome back to the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mickin with me, of course, my much better beloved better half. V Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So we had the best, best. Probably the best day ever. Um, Considering that I, I uh, well, yes. Okay. At about one o'clock this afternoon, got a knock at the door. Mm -hmm. I was napping on the couch actually, because I was running around all morning waiting for this fucking package. So I made sure to be outside. There was, uh, we got our new computer mm -hmm. uh, pre-built. Obviously. Um, Thank you so much. It you is, know who you are. You're freaking amazing. You're an angel um, and should be considered that. It is a uh, reason I can get going a little bit faster than Liana Ken is our show is web-based. Yeah. So everything our show is on, it's on StreamYard. And we'll switch over to OBS here shortly, but for but tonight it was easy. It's to going to take a while. Like for instance, right now, I'm not going to be able to use the stream deck. Uh, all my keys are empty right now because yes. I've got to rebuild the stream deck to make it work the way it was before. Um, we've got some small little minor adjustments that I have to make with the cameras because now I can actually broadcast in 4k. So now you're going to see everything Uber live. This fucking thing isn't even working. It's over there in the corner making a very slow hum. And I'm watching the bottom corner of the screen over here, watching my blip on my computer hard drive. It, it's not even working. You guys don't even know what to do. It's so fast. <laughs> the com the internet is having a, it's a like problems we're in your living keeping rooms. up. It, the internet's having problems keeping up with it. It's fucking amazing. It really is. We're so Cisco. Excited. How you doing, buddy? How's, How's your hand? Surgery? How was the surgery? I mean, he's here, so obviously they didn't give that good of drugs. Yeah. You're <laughs> typing, dude, which is a good thing. You're moving your fingers, sounds like. Mm -hmm. Did you beat off already, or is it too early? Yeah, it's like HDTV, Griff, I know. <laughs> See? Holy fuck, it's like I'm watching HDTV. I, I love this it. thing is a Pentium 9, 12th generation, Pentium 9. Uh, it is this thing, uh, this thing is so amazing that um it, uh, honestly we had a fantastic party last night we had a great oh my time. god we had a wonderful so, time yeah and and surprisingly after everybody left like i did one load of dishes i have one left to do and our house is actually pretty relatively clean or it was until the computer came in and now i've got jizz all over my living room well from the little one from the from, <laughs> from the, the big teenager. from the fucking antichrist <laughs> because the antichrist saw it he goes dad i want this yeah, Dad, no, this is better than happening. my computer. Yeah, this no is shit. this no is shit eighty better times computer. better than my computer. I was no like, yeah, shit, no lost. shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. but hey, if it looks good and it sounds good, that's all I give a shit about because finally we have fixed our technical issues. So awesome, and I am so appreciative of all of your patience. I know you guys have been with us for a hot minute. We've been fighting them since the beginning. I I gotta get it. I, we we have to retire it. Well, you know, not really, because I'll still be processing the shows and putting them out on this. We have to retire it properly because it was the first computer that we had that, that said that this is Hunter Biden's laptop. And it's never been taken by TSA or anybody else. Or so, the FBI. Or the FBI, for that matter. So um, I got to give it some credit. It it did its job for the last couple of years. Um, but now we upgraded and updated. And now we're even better than we were before. So enjoy it. What fuckers. video card do we have? It's uh VGX. Um, hold on. I, I had to send all this information out because everybody was asking, like uh, uh -huh. James was asking, everybody's asking. Um, 
Kirby, you're always welcome, bro. Dude, you guys are always welcome here. Whenever you <laughs> want to come by, bro, you don't even have to call. Just stop by. Just bro. show up. We, we like that better. Um, like, uh, okay, so. So it, let, look at this. Yeah, as you're going so this. it's a it's an MSI GeForce GTX 1660 Super with a 12th generation Intel i9 129K. It's, it's a, in the video. It has 5.6 terabytes of internal memory. Currently, right now on it, I have 11 terabytes of memory. I know it's in a video because I was getting the emails of welcome to your NVIDIA account. Yep. So it's in a video, whatever. It, fuck if I know. I, I don't know. All Geo, I know. GeForce RTX. Yeah. GTX RTX. G GeForce GTX RTX. Yes. That's what it is. 12, 20, whatever. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking fast. And it looks great. amazing. We're so excited. Uh, it's so amazing. I, I'm just so glad that we can finally put a a, a, a product out, up. a product out that you guys can watch and not be like bored. Now you're going to want to watch your phone instead Although of I think driving or doing something of, else. It was not, it was never boring. No, it was never boring, but <laughs> for sure it was never boring. I, I just been waiting for this. And finally we've got all of this technology. It's all working together yep. seamlessly just for the first time, time for them to drop the internet and the power grids. No shit. <laughs> That would suck balls. Sorry, Mother of the Apocalypse. Mother of the Apocalypse has to throw her two cents in there every once in a while. So last night we had this great, we had a great party, like uh, Tension Seeker and her family. And of course I'm introducing people to my parents by their screen names. I'm like, oh, this is Linda and Chris, Gerby and Wix. My dad's like, who? <laughs> like, it's okay. Tension Seeker and her family and uh, Wix and Gerby. And uh, my parents came over Heather couldn't make it, which was too bad because her aunt got fucked up and missed her flight home from Vegas and had to stay an extra day. So that that kind of sucks. Um, and uh, Mick's best friend and, we, you know, a bunch of kids. We had kids and baby and it was a blast. Uh, and then the big baby. And oh, the big baby is awesome. So freaking cute. I took him out to see the chickens. He was, he was, he was going it. crazy. Loving it. And he's not. Um, he's so Remember, attentive. he was like he was. 10 pounds when he was born. Yeah. He was almost same, 11. He was the same size as Seamus when he was born. Yeah. And think about this for one second. He doesn't cry. He doesn't. Tension seeker said that he cried. He doesn't, he doesn't cry. He doesn't cry. He's he, like, he's yeah. no, 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 not even, not even. He sounded like a, um, he sounded like Chewbacca when he started to cry. And that was it. <laughs> and Seamus was like, she saw Seamus like just, stick out the tip of his tongue and lick his face. Uh, seriously? Like she didn't, he didn't Seamus put out his whole tongue. Like it's 12 has, feet long. He gives the most adorable, delicate baby kisses. It was literally like, it, it was like Carlisle got licked by a chihuahua. <laughs> Seamus' Shame, head is as big as the whole freaking baby. Right. And he's just like this tiny little tongue. And he's just a little, little kiss on the cheek. Not even like the whole, uh, you know, we get slobbered, yeah. mind you, you, you know, drown if you, <laughs> you, you're liable to drown if Seamus really licks you. But, uh, oh my God, it was just so freaking adorable. And Annie too. They just, they loved the baby, loved the baby. So halfway through the party, we're hanging out, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're about to eat. Because we smoked, we made a brisket and we, my, you know, everyone brought food. It was, it was amazing. And there's a knock at the door. I'm like, the fuck's here? Oh, one of Mick's friends showed up that he didn't invite. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know he invited you. He's like, I didn't know you were throwing a party. I was like, well, we are. And I, you're here now. Come on in. <laughs> he ended up hanging out till like one o'clock in the morning. He stayed later than everybody else. It doesn't matter. But He's he got there late. So, but you know, all of our friends know, just show up. Like yeah, I, no shit. We I don't... hate sending out party invites. Cause I'm like, just, just show up, show up, you just know what's show going up. on, just show up. 
Like, seriously, he came over to bar the lawnmower, which he forgot. Oh, did he get it last night? No, he, he was supposed to come back and get it. Come today. back and get it. Today. And he didn't because he probably got he was pretty hammered when yeah. he left. So anyway, I'll call um, him, remind him. That yeah. he has to come out from bar, bar <laughs> yes. I'll remind him. Yes. <laughs> but uh, you guys, uh, no, I'm dead serious. It was it was a blast. We had a good time. Um, you want to call it a Patriot hangout? Yeah, sure it was. But the funniest question I was asked all night. So about halfway through the night, and believe it or not, her dad is getting along with everybody swimmingly well, which yep. was impressive. He only doesn't get along with you. Yeah, he's a huge liberal. <laughs> but outside of that. He's really not. He, he really is. All right, he's anyway. a rhino. He's a rhino whatever. He's a huge liberal. I, I don't di differentiate. Um, anyway, so he, he comes up to me and drags me to the side. He goes, Hey, who are all these people? I was like, well, let's see. Kirby and Wicks. Those are our listeners. Um, tension seekers. Those are your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys just don't sit around and talk about Trump all night. <laughs> no, we, I looked at him and I gave him the most confused face I could make. I was like, we don't even like Trump. And he looked at me like. He, he really I, doesn't pay attention. Or I, he I, just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this. No, no, no. Because it goes into like one of the biggest stories of the day. I don't know if you all saw it. But if you all saw the polls that came out today. 43-43. It's tied right down the middle. Trump and Biden? Yep. 43, according to CNN. Oh, okay. It is 43-43. Right down the middle. Now the Fox News poll has Trump up by it's like 65 or 68 43 according to the Fox News poll. Mm -hmm. However, in the latest CNN poll, it is dead even. 43 43. 43% for fucking Biden, 43% for Trump. What does that mean? That means you have all of the left behind Biden. And that means you have all the right behind Trump. Anything that's in between is an independent because think about it. What does that leave over? Overage. What's the overage? 43 and 43. We have what? 23% left, right? Um, no, that's 86, 24%. 24% left. Uh, 20, 24% left. 14%. For, correction. 14%. 16%. Would you make up your fucking mind? Which 16, number is it? It's 16%. All right. 16%. We have 16% <laughs> left. All right. My math skills aren't on. on independents <laughs> are normally at 30% is normal number that independents poll at. How can we have over more than 100%, Mick? Well, it's not hard. We have a population of... 333 million registered voters. There you go. Adult. That is why you're going to have more than 100%. There's probably 130% worth of America that votes in every election. What you hear about is only the 100% because that's all we count to. But there's a lot more than 100% that vote. Which, you know, it's really funny. So there's all this uh, thug life for Trump going on right now, right? Like all over the place, all over TikTok, all over all social media. All you see is like gangsters for Trump, right? Blacks for Trump. Uh, you know, anyway, riggers for Trump. We'll go with that. Wow. <laughs> You got some balls hanging off your chest, sweetheart. <laughs> They're bigger than most. Anyway, most guys anyway, not most girls. <laughs> I was about to say, most, most girls got you beat. Anyway. Guys might not, but girls do. Um, I don't know. I've seen some really big nuts. But. You know, I used to ask my dad, why do you use, why do you wear a dress when you're mowing the lawn? He said it because it's comfortable. Uh, I, I gotcha. I know. There's just something about nuts hanging out from underneath the dress. I just don't understand. Well, you ride a tractor around to mow the lawn, so that wouldn't qualify for you. Yeah, but if I pushed one up one side, it would roll out the other. 
Okay. Anyway, so uh, I saw a story the other day. I want to say it was, I don't know, it was in some uber liberal rag, like fucking the Atlantic or some shit like that, right? And it was like, the black vote isn't as important as everyone thinks. Yeah. Except the Atlantic is a Republican. Rag. No, it's not. It the got, Atlantic no, is. the Atlantic is most definitely not a Republican. Rag. Uh, I'm going to go the look Atlantic that up. The Atlantic got bought by Jeff Bezos' oh, ex-wife. Is, is that, is it, okay. Yes. So I was wondering, because what's the other one? There's the conservator. That's the, the other one. Okay. That's okay. They're on the same level. They're about the same magazine. Anyway. anyway so, uh, they're like the black, the black vote doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Sure. It doesn't matter. Um, they're just saying that now because they're all freaked out because all the blacks are turning to Trump. Yep. He now has over 20% of the black vote. However, here's the deal. When you watch all these videos, these thugs for Trump videos, gangsters for Trump videos, whatever, there's a common theme. That theme is I've never voted before, but now I'm gonna. So, you know, for a long time, they called us the silent majority, right? Mm -hmm. We are not the silent majority. Honestly, we're not the silent majority. First off, we're not silent. They try and suppress our speech. They try and censor us. But we're not silent. The silent majority, the true silent majority is the black vote because they're the ones that for the most part have never voted before. See, see, I just, well, no, 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 you're no, talking I, about I, that 130%. That 30% is the black vote. That's never voted before. I, I look at it this way. Okay. One of the things, first of all, I, I don't, one of the things they told us in my political science classes when I was taking them in college, one of the big things they told us is that we had to divide the categories of people that were voting based on race, based on a set amount of predispositions about each person, which I think that's wrong. The only predisposition that should be about a voter is if you're of legal age to vote or not. That's the predisposition that should be. That's it. That's it. It shouldn't be about black or white, brown, green, yellow. It's not about any of that shit. Are you an American and is it legal for you to cast a vote in the United States of America? If you are, that's the only predisposition that we should be making about any vote cast in this country. However, on the other side of that, when you do boil it down, though, and you put it in the race boxes, because you have to, eventually you do have to. How many vote, white people voted? How many black people voted? How many Mexicans voted? How many Asians voted? How many minorities voted? How many trans LGBTQI plus dual A, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? How many of them voted? How many lesbians voted? How many uh, mamas vote, voted? How many mama bears voted? How many, you know, that you end up breaking down over time. But when you're initially looking at a poll or you're initially looking at running for a race, what you're looking to do is collect or capture the most number of total votes that you can in one city. If you constantly poll at only a thousand points and you're competing against people that for instance, I'll give you a perfect example. Donald Trump probably polls at a little over a million points. Why? Because of his, look at his push, look at his reach, look where he can go. He can go everywhere. Ron DeSantis is polling at about 13,000 points right now. 
That's where he's at. He can't get above that number. Everything he does, it gets mirrored in controversy or something stupid happens. I.e., for instance, this um, whole hurricane thing. I think that's a whole ploy. I think that's a whole ploy to eliminate the middle set of the contenders in the Republican Party. I I think that that was well, they, a harp run experiment just to see what they could do to voters. I mean... It does look just, it does look good for DeSantis. He's he's up there going. Well, everyone's talking about climate change here in Florida. We know that hurricanes have been happening for a very long time. They really don't have anything to do with climate change. See I, again. Yep. And I just saw this morning. I was looking at the news this morning before we uh, got up. Like when I sit there going, okay, what are they going to lie to us about today? Mm -hmm. There's two more storms forming off the yes. the, the well, eastern and seaboard. Headed right and guess for what? Us. It's about to make landfall, or it's about to make waterfall. I should say. It just outside of Puerto Rico, when it does currently right now, the temperatures of the water in Puerto Rico, if you go down and you can go on Noah, close to hundred degrees, check it out. It's 101.6 degrees. Oh yeah. So imagine trouble. what happens when that storm hits that water. It's coming right for us again. That's right. One. All right. Well, Hey, Mr. Floyd Brown's in the house. Let's bring him on in. All right. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Fantastic. We're so glad to have you with us. Um, I understand you have, uh, well, first off, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I copy and pasted your bio into the show notes, but uh, it's always better to hear it directly from the horse's mouth. Well, I uh, uh, am, uh, I've been involved in media and politics most of my life. I'm 62 years old now, so that means it's been a while. I met Ronald Reagan when I was 15, and that got me involved in politics and and uh, I worked in Washington DC for a number of years I founded an organization called Citizens United I was a radio talk show host for five years and uh, then in 2008 I, I formed a website called the Western Journal which is what I run now and have been running since 2008 and uh, it was one of the early major recipients of tech suppression by a big tech and Facebook and in in these uh, Goliaths of uh, technology, and uh, so that uh, led me on a path to to work very extensively on um, helping people overcome tech suppression uh, because I wanted to help Western Journal overcome tech suppression, and uh, so uh, what I have been working on is helping alternative media, conservative media build enough scale in order to reach um, the audience that it deserves and the audience of people that want to to uh, read and listen and consume conservative news. So that's uh, that's my career in in in, in short. But I love uh, it. that's great. <laughs> it's I, great I to be with you. That the the a Western Journal article got me kicked off Facebook, but I think it was actually me sending a a link to our podcast to someone through instant messenger because you know facebook's good like that they've been reading your dms for a very long time yeah well uh, the truth is is that um uh you know i started western journal in 2008 and that is the year facebook opened to people other than college students and the reason i heard about it was because i had a son in college and he said hey dad you need to start posting your commentaries on Facebook. And so I started doing that way back in 2008, 2009. And so the Western Journal grew right along with Facebook. 
Uh, by 2016, uh, we were in the Facebook news feed, if you can believe this, we had articles in the, in the feed um, 11 billion times. That led to over a billion page views at uh, Western Journal. That made us the fourth largest publisher on the Facebook platform. And uh, we were actually at that point the 60th largest website in the world. And uh, we were uh, going and blowing. Then Donald Trump got elected. Uh, all of the, the, the powers that be or the glitterati of, uh, of Silicon Valley got together and said, hey, Mark, if you hadn't let these uh, conservatives on Facebook, Donald Trump would have never been elected. And so uh, he started at that point in 2017 rewriting all the algorithms. He took my traffic at Western Journal down a full 90%. So I'm the guy that walked into the office one day, and in 24 hours, my business was 10% of what it had been the day before. Wow. And uh, it, uh, it, you know, I had 125 employees. We had all these journalists. We were writing news that, uh, you know, uh, was high quality news, and yeah. we were posting it mostly on Facebook. At that time, I think we had 40 million followers on the Facebook platform. And so, um, you, you know, I like to say what uh, he meant for evil, God meant for good. We had to completely rebuild the entire business at that point because we were out of business, essentially. Uh, that's how powerful big tech is. They can take a voice and completely extinguish it literally overnight. And uh, so with that cancellation, I uh, um, had to completely retool and figure out how are we going to reach people. And so that's what I've been doing since 2017 is working uh, and, and working with uh, different people in alternative media to help them reach their audience, the people that want to hear their news, their information, uh, and, and to, to get around the gatekeepers at uh, big tech. So uh, it's a, it's, 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 I think a very fulfilling work. Absolutely. We've kind of, I mean, you know, we've been going at a, well, not quite alone, I should say. We have a, an amazing audience actually where we're very excited because one of our listeners sent us a new computer today. Um, like a huge, beautiful upgraded system. We're so excited right now because we used to have lag and delays and this, that, and the other. Literally but... the video right now would not be going the way it's going. Like it wouldn't, like your computer's slower than ours. And I saw it, I just saw it because it stumbled and mine didn't stumble. And I was like, well, you know, um, I, well, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we've met some amazing people along our own journey and, you know, cause we just. God told us to stick a, a microphone on the side of a computer about three years ago and start talking. And, and, you know, we don't follow orders well, but when they come from God, we, we try to, to do so. So, um, and you know, here we are. That's, like, that's, that's the only one that he's the only one that can get, give orders that exactly. uh, you should listen to. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, uh, uh, if, you know, I always try to obey orders that I get from, uh, I guess the Holy Spirit is what you would say. Yes. And yes. Uh, it's uh, it's that's that's exciting because you know, I, you know, I'm a Christian, and as a Christian, uh, I really never felt like I owned Western Journal. I always thought, hey, I'm Floyd Brown. I'm a steward of Western Journal, 
And God created this business and, you know, God owns it. He owns everything. And uh, so, so I'm going to be the best steward I can of it. And, and, and really that's important to try and listen to him and discern what his will is and, and then move forward. So that's, it sounds like you're making decisions based on some pretty good intelligence there. Well, he actually, I mean, honestly, we were inspired not only to start the podcast, but to change our entire lives. Um, COVID and jab mandates booted me out of my high speed, high paying job. I used to run a very large hotel um, in a very large tourist city and I, I wouldn't take the jab and I walked and we sold our house and we bought three acres about an hour south of where we were. And um, now we're growing all of our food and teaching people how to be healthy uh, from a, a homesteading perspective, how how to eat healthy, how to live healthy, um, how to overcome big pharma and and big tech and really and speak really, your voice and tell the truth. Quite so. honestly, we're 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 teaching people the old ways. We're yeah. teaching people the God's ways way. that you were taught from your parents right. that people have forgotten. For instance, Victory Gardens. You right, know what right. a victory garden is, right? Yeah. I absolutely know what a victory garden yeah. is. I mean, yeah, that's 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 wonderful. I always tell people that that aren't interested in gardening, I always say, hey, just try an heirloom tomato. Okay. Once you've had an heirloom tomato and you compare it to that genetically modified tomato that you're gonna buy at Kroger that has to have a 60-day shelf life because the tomatoes are sitting there forever and you'll never go back because there's just something organic food, you know, heirloom seeds, good. they taste, they taste better. Yes. There's just nothing, you know, you can taste the difference. God, and so, uh, God created it. Our, it was put on this earth. We, we grew it. God created it. That's why it tastes better. That's my That's thought. It. That's why other, other food, like when you, you buy the stuff I can taste now, like it, it's gotten so bad that I can taste now when I've eaten something that I know. Well, actually he is, gets sick now if he eats something processed. If it's I've processed, I get, I get really, really ill. Yeah. Ill. Well, actually everybody is sick, but our bodies are so good at compensating because God, when he created us, he created miracles. He put into us this, you know, uh, immune system. When when you actually study the immune system that God put into each of us, it's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've been taking all of this garbage that they put into us in modern society, and and and, and our our bodies are trying to deal with it, trying to fight it off. And they do a pretty good job because God made it so absolutely wonderful. But no, you're you absolutely you are correct. They're trying to poison us, uh, trying to poison way. us all. Every and uh, and uh, so it uh, it's no, I, I I I I agree with you. I uh, um, I uh, I can't say that I grow all of my food because I don't. But uh, I uh, I think hard. it's great that I, I think it's great that you're you're doing it. I. Don't know if you've been following this Amish farm up in Virginia. Yeah, that uh, the the government came and shut down. And uh, I, I I remember when I was a kid. You know, I I'm old enough that I remember my grandfather. He had cows, and so I feel like that if if I had saw a cow, 
I could milk it. I still remember because I was milking cows for my grandfather when I was young. And, you know, I'm, I know how to do it. Right. And uh, that's a skill that that uh, maybe my hands aren't as strong as they they were then. But, uh, uh, you know, I grew up on raw milk. I'm six feet, six inches tall. That's probably the reason I grew so big is because I was I was drinking that raw milk. But I'll tell you, there is nothing better than scooping the cream off the top of raw milk. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've been going back and forth about this because we have two boys. We have a 16-year-old and 11-year-old. And our 16-year-old hit puberty a little early. He's probably 11 or 12. And, and he's six foot now at 16. I mean, he's not a small child. Um, he towers over the both of us. I mean, seriously towers over the both of us, but our 11 year old, it's really interesting since we've gone on this, because of course, you know, when mom goes on a diet, everyone goes on a diet. So right. when mom starts growing your food, you're all eating healthy food. Like there's no sneaking down to the gas station to buy a thing of, you know, potato chips or, or a, you know, pickle in a plastic bag. That's not how this works. You get pickles that come from the garden that I pickled. Um, but our 11-year-old still hasn't hit puberty yet, and he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, he is going to be huge. And we're looking at each other going, you know, I bet it's because we have him on this pure, healthy diet that he's not getting anything processed because we're really thinking now that processed foods and all the plastics and chemicals that they pump into kids accelerates Slow, their, ex- their accelerates, hormonal yeah. development and makes them go into puberty yeah. earlier. And but then it, it, make, it, it makes sense. Nice and strong. Yeah, well, it makes sense because think about it. They've pumped the meat full of so much hormones and growth hormones. And uh, I mean, our meat today isn't what it used to be. So, Absolutely. you know, when, when I was young, we would, we would grow our own steer and we would butcher it and then we would put it in the freezer and we would eat it. So uh, that's one of the reasons why, and, and that I'm a big, I'm a big fan of hunting and I, I, I hunt. And one of the reasons I hunt is because I eat what I hunt and, you know, there's nothing better than venison and elk and, uh, other uh game that's completely wild and is is not part of this uh you know uh agricultural industrial complex you have to realize that even like for example grain fed beef is being fed genetically modified corn yep so it's it's the same effect as you eating genetically modified corn mm-hmm. because that beef was forced to eat it. So, you know, it's only when you have the grass fed beef, when you have the grass fed milk, when you have, uh, in in my preference would be actually raw grass fed milk, then you are, you know, you're getting out of all of these, these systems where they have used chemicals in order to, you know, they make these chickens now grow overnight. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they just, they're so full of hormones. They just like, boom, appear. And uh, it's, it's an industrial process and it's, it's 
totally and completely changed our food. So well, no, we, have, really, we have 30 chickens honestly, every day. I'm like, did you get a little bit bigger last night? Did you maybe grow a half an inch? Honestly, a bunch of babies. honestly, really what I see is this. It's not about any of that. It's about the almighty dollar. Because why have they stopped? Why have they started pumping hormones into these chickens? Because they were trying to figure out how to make more money faster. How do you do that? Every company goes through that. It doesn't matter whether you're installing garage doors or you're growing chickens, whether you can do the job faster or not, that's all it's important. So the more chickens I can pump out, the more chickens I can mature at a higher rate, the more eggs I get, the more money I get. It's all about money. Money has been the damnation of mankind since its inception. And that I, I guarantee that's why Jesus flipped tables three times the size of them. That's why Jesus was able to yell at people in a market saying, what are you all doing? Why are you all stupid about money? That is the biggest issue. Money has always driven mankind mad. Whatever, whoever had more riches, man was happier. You know, I could give it, I could give a crap less about how much money I have or what my house well, looks like, but they think they'll be free, happier. I'll be happy. They think they will be happier. You know, we all think, oh, you know, uh, George Soros, because he's got his private plane and he's, you know, jetting off to the World Economic Forum. These are happy people. No, they're not. They're miserable people. Yeah. And uh, money and happiness, money and completeness, money and uh, spiritual well-being. Completely disconnected. Never, never touch. Never touch. They, 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 so I've met a lot of people that are very wealthy, but are unbelievably unhappy. Yep. I've never and, been very wealthy, but I've been wealthy. And what I can tell you is I was never as happy as I am broke than I was when I was wealthy. Well, the truth is, is that the real happiness in my, in, in my worldview comes from pursuing the endeavors that God gives you. Exactly. God, you know, uh, I always tell people, they say, hey, what can we do to save America? I give them the most counterintuitive. Uh, I write about this in my book, Counterpunch. It's like, if you want to really save America, get close to God. God is going to tell you what you can do to save America. He is going to uh, impart to you hit your little part of the plan. See, he's got the big plan. We we just have to worry about our little part of it. And and so when we're happiest is we're when we're doing our little part of his grand plan. And so that's if you want to save America, I always say, hey, get closer to God. How do you get closer to God? It's pretty easy. All you have to do is first, first off, open yourself to him and then read his scripture. He's given us a book. That book is his word. That means that's, you know, it's, it's, it's his operation manual for life. He created you. We're his creation. If you want to have a great life, what do you do? You read the manual that the creator gave you. And so you know, read the Bible. The Bible is amazing. It's totally revolutionized my life. And, and, and actually the Bible teaches that. He says, I am going to make you a new creation in me. That's, that's what it says in the, in, in, in the Bible. And so, you know, um, 
And really, the most amazing thing about getting close to Jesus is it's, it's much easier than people think it is. What, you know, just spend time with him. That means talk to him. That's what prayer is. All prayer is, is talking to Jesus. And, um, and, and, and so just talk to him. You, you could talk to him in an audible voice. Uh, and uh, so uh, it's just like any other friend or any other relationship. The more time you spend on that relationship, the deeper it will get and the more it will change you. And so that's, uh, that's first off the key to happiness. At least that's what I've found. And, and, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's really not money. You know, I've, I like to say I've had money and I've not had money and I've had money and I've not had money again. And uh, really, the, the, yeah. And the re really uh, now I don't even really worry about money because God will provide, he'll be there. Uh, he'll take care of my wife and I, he'll take care of my family. And, uh, I, I, I know, I know God has it. And See, that that's what we believe. But my only problem with what you just said, for instance, you, you said, you, you said something that I say all the time, God gave us an instruction book. He gave us the Bible. He said, look, if you just read this, you know, I hate to be an asshole, but our forefathers, they gave us an instruction book too. Oh, absolutely. They did. I'm an asshole because you know what? Nobody's read this. Nobody reads this. Nobody sits there and looks at it and says, hey, wait a minute. These articles, these articles, these, these amendments, these things mean something to me. So, so what I, yeah, yeah. What I talk about in, yeah. What I talk about in Counterpunch is that, you know, America may, it may seem like America hangs by a thread, but we do have those amazing documents and the constitution of the United States is still the supreme law of the land. And we have a first amendment. We have a second amendment. We have a fourth amendment. We have a fifth amendment. And, and those amendments are only in practice when we live them. And so that's why, you know, in order to make the First Amendment work, worship God, speak out, say what's on your mind. That's why your podcast, you are exercising your First Amendment right. That is the first step to securing that right and continuing to exercise it every day. With the Second Amendment, I tell folks, hey, if you don't have a firearm, go buy a firearm. Okay, you need to exercise your Second Amendment in order to keep that amendment, and don't you know? Uh, and 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 so you know, own a firearm. Teach your kids how to use and respect a firearm. And Absolutely. you know, uh, it, it, it's shots. Our, our teenager was actually a state rifle champion, while well, his team was state rifle champion. That's, that's, uh, that's something my father said. He said to me once, he said, you know, when, when I was in high school, we could take our rifles to school and we'd keep them in our lockers because we, we <laughs> they didn't have school shootings, right? No, they, but they, they, they had their 22 long rifles in their lockers. And, uh, that's because they, they, they had a, a competitive shooting team at their school. And, it, you know, a, a rifle's just like any other tool. I mean, 
hey, kids drive cars to school. Those are as dangerous as a rifle is, if, if, not, if not more. Yep. And so it, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I encourage people to continue to exercise those freedoms that they have. Because by exercising them, you are making a statement about the fact that you are and continue to be a free person because you are a citizen of the United States. Citizenship is important. That's another thing that the, the Bible teaches. I mean, uh, I, I love it when 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 Paul, uh, you know, uh, tells these local people, "Hey, you 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 can't treat me. You can't beat me. Like you can't lock me up. I'm a citizen of Rome." And the reason he could say that's because being a Roman citizen meant something, yeah. and. And, and, and all of us should approach our citizenship the very same way. Being an American citizen means something, but we have to exercise not just the, uh, you know, the, the, the rights. We have to exercise the duties because we have duties as citizens also. And uh, those duties have to do with us being in self-government. We have to govern ourselves. That means if we're not involved, if we're not active, if we don't vote, if we don't participate, you know, um, in the most important government, I always tell people this is that one that's right around the corner. It's your county courthouse. It's your town council. It's, you know, your local state legislative race. You need to work with your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. You're going to be surprised, first of all, how many of them think like you. And uh, but but. You know, the, the, the left, they want us isolated. That's one of the reasons why they put us all on house arrest. Yep. When we're isolated, when we can't be in community, then we lose our humanity. Part of being a human is that connection, that connectiveness. Uh, and that's, uh, that's one. I, I actually start my book uh, at, at it, when I went to the first conference after uh, COVID. And it was actually during the middle of COVID. It was sponsored by a guy named Clay Clark out of Oklahoma. Yeah, and I went to his I went to his first conference in Tulsa and just how you know dystopian the world was traveling there and you know walking through Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix and it was empty and I was looking for people because there wasn't anybody there. And I climb onto an empty plane and I go into a, a a hotel where there's like a thick plexiglass, you know, between me and the, the, the person I'm talking to. And like, uh, uh, I mean, it was just so dystopian. And then when I got to the conference, there was 5,000 of us. We had to have it in a church because all the conference centers were shut down. No hotel would, would, would hold the conference. And when we got in there, 5,000 of us, there wasn't a mask in the, in, in the place. And it was at that moment, it was like regaining humanity. We didn't just shake hands. We started hugging. We started touching. We started becoming human again. Yep. And that is, that's, that's part of humanity. Uh, just like a baby will die if it doesn't receive the right amount of touch, we're the same way. That's why the left always wants to isolate us. Stick us in our houses, stick us in our apartments, shut the door, lock the door, and make us, you know, interface only with our game consoles and our cable boxes. And then they control us. You know, someone very 
spiritually important. Um, once told me that everything, every decision, everything you do in life should be weighed with the concept of life, death, and the kingdom. Everything, life, death, and the kingdom. And when you look at everything through those lenses of life, death, and the kingdom, true understanding comes in a way that you didn't, you couldn't previously comprehend. We, we've been to a couple of Clay Clark events. We met some of our, some of our favorite people there, actually. A lot of our sponsors we met through Clay. Um, a lot of our listeners we met at a Clay Clark event. And yesterday we had a, a Labor Day party. And about half the people there, it was, it was a small family party. Um, and I say family party because half the people there were our listeners and their families. And then my parents were there and then some good friends were there. And, and my dad's asking, he's like, who are these people? Because, you know, they're my parents. They're very much involved in our lives. And they generally know most of our friends. We've had most of our friends for a long time. And we consider them family. And we all, you know, have family dinners and holidays and whatnot. But now there's all these new people. My dad's like, who are these people? And Mick said, oh, they're our listeners. He said, you're what? You're listeners. What? Well, yeah, because the reason we do this isn't to talk at people. It's to talk with people. It's to meet people. It's to, to make that connection. And you can't just do it online. When you, when you really get to know people, the internet can be as much of an obstacle as it can be a, a pathway. And you have to turn around and and invite someone to your house or go out and meet them for coffee. Interact in person as much as you can because that's where true connections are made. That is life. Death is when you're stuck in your home by yourself and you, you don't see anyone and you don't talk to anyone. You might not die physically, but that's your spiritual death. And the kingdom, oh. everybody is a part of the kingdom of God, whether or not they realize it. And part of bringing everyone into the kingdom is making them realize it. So, and, and, and then you can understand the agenda of Satan was the agenda of lockdowns, uh, the agenda of masks, uh, the agenda of, of separation, imprisonment. They are, uh, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the whole deal is to, to end our humanity. Shoot. It's you about know, to be and, again. It's about to be yeah. again if we don't do something. Well, uh, the first thing a person can do is each person must not comply. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we, we can only be responsible for ourselves and our families. And, you know, we can say, hey, I am not going to comply. And I encourage you to not comply. And then they have to make their own decisions. Are they going to obey their masters? Are they going to, you know, pop in line because uh, Fauci or, you know, Joe Biden tells them you must mask up and you must act, act this way. And, and then we have to be prepared to live our lives differently. Now, you know, you've explained to me, you, you left your, your hotshot job in the, in the tourism business. You, you moved, you started a podcast you started raising your own food that's called walking a different path and and sometimes those paths can really be incredibly fulfilling and and you 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 
you, you, you know, I told my wife, uh, I remember telling her this, I said, you know what, uh, if they make me put a mask back on to go on into an airplane, I'm just not going to go on an airplane again. Okay. If I have to go to Florida or South Carolina or, you know, some other state, I'm just going to hop in my car and I'm going to drive there. That's and, the great thing about uh, the states is you can drive anywhere. It might take you a couple days, but you'll get there eventually. You'll get there. And um, and to the extent that uh, that they haven't taken away that freedom, by exercising that freedom, you are keeping that freedom. And so it's important to understand that to keep freedom, you have to exercise it. And so uh, I I. I love to hop in my car and cross state lines. Yeah, we do too. We drove to <laughs> Vegas. Uh, you know, we've we've literally driven back and forth across this country a number of times now. Well, next next time you drive to Vegas, you you let me know and 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 we'll have a cup of coffee together on your way. Sounds good. Outstanding. We got lots of friends out there, so we, like I said, we drive across mm -hmm. the country a couple times. So I I understand though that you're uh, you're expanding your reach a bit. Which is very well, exciting because one of the uh, up in the corner you'll see we have the Red Pill Project logo. Um, funny story, we actually met Josh from the Red Pill Project at a Clay Clark event at uh, a private event that he hosted just for podcasters, and we were you know we're at this Clay Clark event. We don't know anybody, and we we sat down next to someone, and we start talking, and we hit it off. His name is Josh Reed from the Red Pill Project, and as as we do going down the line, you know, people that people that know their history, their personal family history, and there's not many of us left, but people that know their personal family history that can trace their lineage back generations, when they meet someone else that can do the same, you start comparing bloodlines. So Josh and I started comparing bloodlines and it turns out that we're cousins like eight times removed, um, which is why we hit it off and why we actually look so much alike. And pe people comment all the time. They're like, wow, you and Josh look a lot alike. Well, yeah, because we're actually cousins. <laughs> um, and so we ended up, you know, getting together. And so we broadcast on his channels as well. And, um, you know, we we actually we do our show a little bit earlier on Tuesdays because he's got a, a show on uh, AMP later on. And I understand now you're going to be working with AMP or you're taking yeah. AMP over. That's amazing. Well well, yes. So, so the you know one of the things is is that uh, you know I'm always working to try and get around tech suppression, and so what what I do is work to try and pull technology together to help people get around tech suppression. And um, actually, I met all the people from AMP at a Clay Clark event, and uh, it was uh, the Clay Clark event in Nashville. We happened to uh, all check into the same hotel. You know, it was, uh, I think, a residence in by Marriott in, uh, in Nashville. And we're sitting there at the free breakfast. And I started talking to, uh, um, uh, John Michael Chambers, John, John Michael Chambers and, uh, Chris Edelkamp and, uh, the people that run, uh, AMP and, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, and, and we started, you know, we hit it off. And the next thing I know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, involved in this, in this project to, to, you know, help that company move hopefully to the next level. The whole idea is that all of us, 
And this is something that General Flynn, who's a good friend of mine, is always stressing. He says, we have to work together. We have to come together. And in unity, we can go farther than we can all alone. And so that's hopefully what will come out of this is uh, we will make a stronger AMP news and uh, it will it will help you know all of those different podcasts go farther and further. And also the one thing we're really working on is a, a program we call the uh, Patriot Monetization Project, which is to help Patriot podcasts better monetize because part of the challenge is always to you know get those sponsors and to and then to to really uh, uh, you know get more revenue from the work you're already doing and then the second part is is to build a bigger and wider audience and uh, one of the ways we can do that we're going to use some things that I learned at Western Journal in in terms of email and uh, using social media marketing and other things to try and make each and every one of the podcasts we work with reach a broader and a bigger audience and, and hopefully better monetize as a result of that. But the, the key is for us all to, uh, to, to, to work together. And, uh, you know, what's great about podcasting is everybody's different and everybody has a different audience. Everybody connects with different people. And uh, so it's uh, uh, this morning I was actually I was on another podcast and somebody said, well, aren't you worried about competition? I said, no, my competition is Comcast and Disney and Paramount and CNN and NBC and ABC and all of these massive, massive companies and those massive we could all grow. Every single alternative media podcast could grow a thousand percent and we still wouldn't be one of those gigantic corporations. We have so much room to grow and to, to reach a wider audience and affect more people that no, this isn't about competition. This is about all of us coming together and competing against those fake news brands that Donald Trump's always talking about. See, the problem that we have that I think the problem that a lot of conservative podcasts have or alternative media or whatever you want to call it is in the monetization and not that we've not been offered sums of money. We have, but most of us, specifically us, I can't speak for everybody, but we don't like anyone telling us what we can and cannot say. And it right. seems like every paycheck we're offered comes with that stipulation. You can't cuss. You can't do this. You can't go out. You can't speak against Trump. Right. right. That's a big thing. You can't speak against Trump. I speak against Trump all the time because I I am very, very, very upset about the fact that he is still advocating for the jabs. Just today, he finally came out and said that, oh, yeah, the big pharma should release the data that they've been hiding about the effects of the jab just today, three years later, you know. So and then when you do go to say a bigger media platform or you, or you get a bigger sponsor. We have a, a lot of little sponsors, you know, um, 
of course, everyone has my pillow and my Patriot supply and then, you know, cardio miracle and serious CBD and Kush creams and fresh mouth. And we have some sponsors that other people don't have like fresh mouth is, is a new one. Um, they do an amazing nano silver fluoride free toothpaste where I think, I think there's Ooh, I, I need to find, I need to find that. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, send, me, send me, send me a link to that because I, I'm always struggling with toothpaste because toothpaste is so full of chemicals mm -hmm. and so terrible. Yeah. And uh, I, I love colloidal silver. It's a great product. Everybody yeah. should have it. Yes. And I, I, I mean, the toothpaste has been amazing and it's changed a lot of people's lives. But when you get one of those bigger sponsors, then all of a sudden your audience is like, oh, you sold out. Oh, what happened to your show? Oh, your whole show changed. Oh, you don't talk about this anymore. Oh, well, what about this? Oh, why, why don't you talk about this person anymore? Or why don't you do this anymore? And then all of a sudden you've lost your audience because now all of a sudden you're labeled as a shill or a grifter. I'd rather well, be poor and speak our truth every night than get that big paycheck and speak to a bunch of bots because all of a sudden he's in labor's shills and grifters. Yeah, sell my soul. I'd, I'd rather do that. That's 100% what I'd rather do. I'd rather put out a show that I can stand behind and say, hey, look, this is what I feel. This is opinion show. You came here to listen to my opinion. You got all of my opinion. You take what you want from that opinion, but it's my opinion. It's not yours. You, you make your own opinion. That's the object here is we're trying to make people think about it. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, he's right. Why didn't those parents leave Hawaii? Oh yeah, because they were waiting for kids to get home off of school buses. And now all the, the parents and the kids are dead. Wait a minute, and we went down to a hundred people missing in Maui? How is that possible? Nobody wants to ask, for instance, nobody asked, wants to, nobody, I dare you. Go ahead and ask Donald Trump this question. I don't care what he says to you, but ask Donald Trump this question. When are you gonna denounce the vaccines? Because seriously, 60% of America is waiting on him to say the vaccines are out. Then we'll vote for him. But till then, he ain't going to see no bigger numbers than 43%. And I personally, at the last Clay Clark event that we were at, which was in Dallas, I think a year and a half or so ago, I mm -hmm. sat down with Eric Trump for probably about five minutes. I cornered him and I, I had the, uh, the small blessing that I I grew up in New York City in that uh, kind of on the outskirts of their social circles. So I had hung out with his sister a couple of times. He recognized me. I pretty much look the exact same now that I did when I was 18. So, um, you know, he recognized me and it took him a second to figure out. And I was like, oh, no, you remember me from when we were kids. And we sat down for about five minutes and I asked him, is your dad aware of the horrible results of the jab. Is he aware of how many people are disabled and dying? And Eric said, oh, oh yeah, he's fully aware, he knows. That was a year and a half ago and he still hasn't come out against it. So I have problems there. Either I have he's issues making money for, from it or something else is going on, but long story short, he still hasn't come out against it. There's still Americans dying from it. Anytime an American dies from this vaccine, and he says, well, it was developed under warp speed. I'm sorry that it's even more your fault. Now it wasn't developed. It wasn't developed under warp speed. Exactly. It was already on the shelf. Exactly. Yeah. They took it yeah, off the yeah. shelf and they said, look at this. Right. We can apply this to this. But mm -hmm. he yeah. approved it. Long story short, he's still the commander no. in chief. Everything he, that he, yeah, no, you're, you're, falls at yeah, his you're, you're right. Absolutely. You're I, no. I just, I'm not. I'm not going to dispute anything you just said in the last five minutes. I, I just can't step back. I, I, the only, the only, the only thing I, I will say is that I've been in politics for forty plus years, and um, I've never seen anyone else 
in all of that time that had a chance of being president oh, yeah. that is as awake as Donald Trump is and okay. understands and completely knows what the real problems are. And uh, so we've got major problems in our country. We have big, big, big issues. Our government has been captured by interests that aren't the American people. Uh, we have a uniparty. I write extensively about the uniparty and how you both Republicans and they, 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 they are, they are the same thing. And the, the whole city is corrupt. And he actually, he has a chance of being elected and also of potentially doing good. Will that happen? You know, I pray it happens, but I, I don't, I don't have any idea. First of all, never put your faith in a man ever. Exactly. Only put your faith in God. That's it. So for me, my faith is in Jesus. You know, he, he it's going to stay. My faith is going to stay in Jesus, not in Donald Trump. I think some people have a problem with idolatry towards Trump. Yes. You know, they, they, they need to understand he isn't our savior. And in fact, in my book, the, uh, one of the things I talk about is, is there isn't anyone who's going to ride into Washington, D.C. on a white horse and solve our problems. The way we solve our problems is by taking back our towns, our communities, right around where we're at. And that's how we will get control of our destiny. America was meant to have decentralized governance. And the very best governance is as close to the people as possible. And so what, what someone needs to do is go to Washington, D.C. and shut down about 90% of what happens there and well, redistribute that power back to the people in their local states, counties, communities. So that's the solution to our problems in the long term. And I don't know if it will ever happen. I don't know if Donald Trump would even do it. But he's the first one that seems like he might at least understand the problems. I think the only way that would happen is if we the people do it. Honestly, I think we need to go back to we talk a lot about 1779 to 1783. That's very short term where there was no president. There was no federal government. There was no. Well, we had the Articles of Confederation, and we had we had the Articles of Confederation, and each of the states were were in effect self governing. Exactly. Um, Right, but the but the reason that they did form the 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 more centralized government is because they needed something to protect themselves in terms of foreign policy, and they were worried that the great powers of Europe were going to come back and snatch states one by one and, 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 and break them off. And, and, you know, we were surrounded by Great Britain up in Canada. We had, uh, you know, Spain to our South, uh, the French were involved in Mexico. And so it's, it, you know, it, it's, I, I love that time period. You're right. And I, I also love, um, foreign policy in the sense that I love the way James Madison approached it, which is, we should have no permanent alliances. We should have as many friends as possible. 
We shouldn't be involved and meddle in other countries. And by the way, this comes right out of the Bible. Exactly. Interestingly enough, if you read the book of Deuteronomy, when, when the children of Israel were, were marching towards the land of Cana, God said to them, okay, when you go through Edom and when you go through Moab, I don't want you to disturb those people because I'm not giving you one bit of their land. I've already given it to them. And so it shows right there, God respects borders. He had, he gave Israel, made them a nation, right? But he gave them land, he gave them borders, he gave them a culture, he gave them religion, and he told them, I don't want you meddling in these other countries. So there, that's our pattern. America's ours. We have our borders. Let's protect our borders. Let's protect our way of doing things. But let's not meddle in every other country. And so that, it, to me, is kind of uh, the, what was great about that founding era. And, and, you, and you're, no, you're right. There, James, there, there, James Madison had one thought. His thought was... America first. That was his thought. We're going to deal with America first. James Madison was the creator of America first. I don't give a shit what's going on in Mexico. I'm not going to interfere. I don't care. I care about my people and what's in between my two borders. I've been saying we got to go back to that. I've been saying that for years. I've been saying yeah. that even before Bush was elected. I said we need to go back to our own borders, pull our troops back, stop getting involved everywhere else, and just take care of America. We have way too many homeless for the country that's supposed to be the predominant one. We have way too many homeless. We still have our infant mortality rates are it's ridiculous. Horrible. For a first world country, we still have a 43% infant mortality rate. Maternity mortality, you are better off giving birth in sub-Saharan Africa than you are in the United States if you want to survive giving birth. We're 63rd How in science. We're, we're 42nd in math. We're 108th in English. Our own freaking language. We're 108th. That's where our country ranks up. But what you said, and I, I love, I love what you said about Deuteronomy. There, we do a, a we call it conspiracy on Sundays. Um, that since the Bible's the OG conspiracy theory, as we say, we we often do church Sundays, and so uh, right now we're we're about halfway through the Book of Jubilees. Um, we've been reading a lot of the Apocrypha, but we're uh, we're going through the Bible as well. Um, but what you said there, you know, that really even cements my position that the ones that are currently controlling our country are 100% satanic influenced driven because God does respect borders. Satan does not. The devil does not. It's like pronouns, right? Demons right. call themselves they, them. Right. Hello? And uh, globalism isn't new. Globalism goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, okay? The first global dictator was a guy named Nimrod. He's the one that built the Tower of Babel, okay? He They're wanted to rule the world. Him in D.C. Right. So, uh, you know, and one thing I always say about the globalists throughout history, whether it was, you know, Nimrod or Pharaoh or Alexander the Great or Caesar what do all of those guys have in common? 
every single one of them to the man says, I am God. Yeah. Okay. They want to replace God. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's the real struggle. It's the struggle between the globalists and, and, and really uh, Satan animates those people because they follow him. And those of us that are Christians and we're following Christ and we want to demonstrate that by our love for other humans. You bring up the homeless. You are so right. I mean, there shouldn't be homeless in America. There is no excuse for it. There shouldn't be veterans that are out on the streets. And yet we're, we're shoveling billions and billions of dollars into killing people in Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine has been systematically depopulated. I don't know if you know this, but they announced that they're now going to be uh, actually um, uh, drafting women up to the age of 60 in Ukraine. Drafting women That's because they ran through all the men. They 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 killed all the men. The country has been depopulated. It is collapsing, and you know they're doing in you to Ukraine the same thing that Napoleon did to France. France has never been the same since Napoleon had all of those wars in Europe and literally killed off more than a generation of men. And it, 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 it basically ripped the manhood out of France. Before that, the French had been really good fighters, but they killed so many of them. And, 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 and that is, you know, you know, Satan loves war. He loves to see people killed. He loves to see families displaced. He loves to see people hurt. And war is where a lot of that happens. True. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. There's a, a Napoleon currently on the committee of 300 or the council of 300, whatever, you know, that the global elitists that pretend to rule the world and try and kill us all off. So it just makes me, you know, that, that whole thing was planned. All of this has been planned. And we talk a lot about the plan and we tell people don't confuse the plan with man's plan or even Q's plan. Cause there's not there. Those aren't plans. This is God's plan. Correct. And if you're not on the roller coaster with your hands in and your feet in and your seatbelt buckled, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Well, the only place I want to be is on God's plan. That's it. And uh, so that's, uh, I like to say when I became a Christian, when Jesus changed me, he didn't just change me for Sunday. He rules over every bit of my life. He rules over my business. He rules over my family. He real, rules over my personal life. He rules over my hobbies. He rules over everything. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He is, I am his bond servant. And, and a bond servant is a servant for life. And I'm going to do whatever he says. Isn't it amazing that the first time that you're truly filled with the spirit of the Lord and you don't think that you can ever get any fuller and then you actually actively learn how to put God first in your life and every day you feel fuller with the spirit than you did the day before. 
It like it it's spills an, up out it's of them. It's an amazing walk. And that's why I tell people, you know, just I, I couldn't do it on my own. No. I mean, my life was a wreck. And my family was a wreck. I was a wreck. We're, we were we were wrecks. Okay, he took order uh, and created order out of that chaos, and um, and, and and gave me happiness where I didn't have it have it earlier. So that's the difference: contentment, happiness. I don't have to worry about anything. It's like you know, worry about nothing. Pray about everything and then give thanks for everything he's doing. Every day. And I give I give him thanks for everything. Absolutely. There's nothing I, I get, you know, this morning I took a walk on the beach and I said, you know, thank you, God. I was able to get up out of bed. I was able to walk out my door and I was able to walk on the beach. <laughs> I'm on this side of the grass. So tell me, what is counterpunch about? Well, counterpunch is it's it's about what what I call an unlikely alliance of Americans coming together for faith and freedom, and it is uh, my belief that um, God, I, it's my belief we are going to have a wave election, and that America is going to get one more chance, and as we get that chance, it's not going to be about a man, it's not going to be about a candidate. It's going to be about God calling Christians out of their slumber. Christians could control America overnight, okay? A majority of people call themselves Christians. Half of Christians aren't registered. Half of those that are registered don't vote. If they were to just show up in one election and vote and ask God, hey, God, tell me, how do I vote? We would revolutionize this country. And so I believe that if we are going to have change in America, it will uh, be not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Through his Holy Spirit directing his people, if we can wake enough of them up, we can change this country. But it needs to be his country. And then we need to remember that we were founded as a country that believed in one nation under God. And we have to go back to that and we have to live that out. And that means that we're going to have to stop a lot of the behaviors that are currently going on. I mean, the truth is, is that now they've got this thing called MAP, which is, you know, a minor attracted person, Right. This is this is them attempting to do with pedophilia the same thing they did with homosexuality. Yep. They change what it's called. Okay, you know it became gay. It used to be, you know, homosexual. Then it became gay, and then it was all of a sudden, ex uh, you know, accepted everywhere. Well, that's because, because for, gay, you, for, you, for you, gay means happy. Everyone knows that right, gay is a sentiment right, of happy. Right, and. Um, they're trying to do the same thing now with pedophilia. They are taking our young people. They're desensitizing them to perverse sexual activity. It's straight out of the pit of hell. And uh, our country is go what's going to happen to our country is the same thing that happened to the Roman Empire. Paul writes about it in the first chapter 
the very first chapter of the book of Romans. You don't read anything. Go read the first chapter of the book of Romans, and you'll figure out what ended up happening in Rome. God gave them over to their perversion. And we have got to stop that in America. Christians need to stop that. And one of the things I'm hopeful of is that they've woken up enough mama bears and enough parents and enough men are still here that we can throw these people out and stop this abomination. Unfortunately, Floyd, I think, I think it's too far gone for that, but they don't call me the mother of the apocalypse for nothing around here. So, um, <laughs> well, I want to, I want to continue to have hope. So. <laughs> oh, I get that. And there's always hope, you know, I'll tell you a little story before we let you go. I know you're getting, we're, we're holding you a little here. Um, 18 years ago. Now Mick did 21 years in the army. He was a, a sniper, special forces. He, he pretty much did everything that he could do and he went everywhere that he could go. And, um, so he places I couldn't. Yeah. Go. And, and a lot of other, I used to track his progress by reading the New York times and he called me, I'd be like, Oh, you shot a woman in the leg in Syria. What's up with that? <laughs> anyway. Um, but 18 years ago, he had a, a, a pretty massive combat injury. He hit his head so hard that he detached the capillaries from a major, major artery in his corpus mm. callosum in his brain. And the doctors told me then that if they did the surgery, he'd be dead in five years. And if they didn't do the surgery, he'd be dead in two weeks. And I said, well, you do what you do and I'll do what I do and we'll see who wins. Obviously, I won. But I didn't know it for a very long time because I was so focused on keeping him alive that I forgot about our relationship. I forgot to keep our marriage alive. I was so focused on just keeping him breathing, just making sure he got up every day, and that his brain was still working, that his, his hands and feet were still working, that he was you know, moving under his own steam. And if I had to yell at him and bitch at him and whatever I had to do, I did. But I, I didn't keep our, I didn't focus on our marriage. I just focused on his life. And we've been married almost 20 years now. This happened very shortly after we got married. And we've had two kids, you know, but life gets in the way and you become like passing ships in the night. You know, you're like, oh, how are the kids today? Oh, what happened? Oh, we have homework to do. Oh, let's eat dinner. And, you know, we're both working and then we go to bed. We didn't like each other very much. And we grew up together, so we'd been friends our whole lives, but we didn't really like each other anymore. And then God found us. And not to say that we weren't, I mean, he's probably one of the most devout people I ever knew. And I certainly depended on God a lot to get us through that, that those times. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to God and I'd, I'd use God for support when I thought I needed it. And I say that specifically, I used God, but I never let God use me. And then a couple of years ago, literally God found us or God punched us in the face and kicked us in the butt and said, y'all belong to me. And now you need to do what I say. Amen. And we said, okay. And you know, it's amazing when we learned how to put God first in our lives when God found us, when God started speaking to us and we started listening, that was when we fell in love again. That was when we actually rebuilt our marriage. That was when we became friends again. We found the friendship that we'd started when I was 10 and he was 12. 
and we built on that foundation. And now there's nothing, nothing that could break us up. But it's not because of us. It's because of God. Because I don't put him first in our life. He doesn't put me first in our lives. We don't put our children first in our lives. We don't put our food or our chickens or our dogs or any of that first in our lives. God is first in our life. Everything Amen. else just kind of falls by the wayside and, and comes along for the ride. And it all works out. But only when we put God first in our lives did we actually become friends again, become husband and wife again, actually like each other again. And everyone can do that. That's still up for debate. And, 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 but what's what's the Bible teach? You will know them by their testimony. You just gave me the testimony of how he changed your life. Absolutely. And how he grabbed you and he made you new and he made your relationship new. Only he can do that. And I tell, I, tell, I tell people this all the time. I said, you know, Hey, you are missing out. If you want the fullness of life, if you want the abundance that comes, uh, you know, just turn your life over to him. Just shove it all in and don't keep back any of it. Just put it all in and he will change you and he will remake you and he will do what he has to do. Uh, so on September 10th, uh, my wife and I are going to celebrate our 40th anniversary. Congratulations. A big one. 40 years. We've been married 40 years. And you know what we're doing? We're going to a Mario Murillo tent meeting. Oh I don't know if you know who Mario Murillo is. I haven't heard Mario Murillo <laughs> in a number of years since yes. back in the day when I lived in New York City and I heard his commercials blasted out amongst the airwaves on Channel 11 WPIX in New York City. Yeah. Mario so, Murillo. We're going to be with Mario on the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th in the Los Angeles fairgrounds. We're going to the heart of darkness right into Los Angeles County. And, uh, and, and there, you know, he's setting up his 5,000 person tent and we are going to see miracles. We're going to see lives change. We're going to see people, uh, completely transformed. Not, 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 not because of Mario, but because God, mm -hmm. Jesus is going to show up and we're going to pray for people and we're going to see miracles. So that's what my wife and I are doing on our 40th anniversary. And we're more excited about that than anything, because for us, at this point in our lives, our goal is to be on the 50-yard line to watch God work. Yep. Not and not, you know, it's 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 all about him. He gets all the praise, he gets all the glory, he gets everything. It's all about him. And if America's gonna change then Americans have to get close to God, press into him, ask him to change their country, ask him to change them so they can change their country. And that's how it will happen. The same way he got a hold of you, he can get a hold of any person, any marriage, any family, any group, any community, and any nation. So where can we find your book? Uh, it's available uh, on Amazon still. Uh, hasn't gotten banned there yet. Let's 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 hope it doesn't. But uh, you can get it almost anywhere books are sold. 
we, we, I, there is a website called uh, floydbrownbook.com. You can get it there. Uh, or if you go to the westernjournal.com, you can get it there. Do you have it on Frank's speech? Uh, I don't believe I have it on Frank's speech. I, I think I need to talk to Mike Lindell about that. Yes. Could you do us a put, favor? Put throw it up it, on because I would, I'd rather have people go to mystore.com and go get your book than to go to Amazon or anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'll, talk, I'll, uh, talk I, bet, I better talk to Mike. Talk to Mike and see if you can get it put on mystore.com because that's where I'd rather I'd rather send everybody there yeah. than send people to Amazon. Well, you can get it. You can get it at Western Journal. Okay, Excellent. so that's another place. So the westernjournal.com is another place right. you can get it, and hopefully soon we'll be able to get it at Frank Speech. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Okay, I will. I will. I will go. I will go to work on that. Excellent. Appreciate it. This is this has been fun, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, it we really enjoy has. it. Oh, this is a, yeah. this is a good conversation. <laughs> Nice to, nice to meet you. You as well. It's very nice to meet you. I've yeah. been on your channel. It's not yours yet, I know, but <laughs> I've been on AMP a couple times, and believe me, I watched my mouth. I didn't cuss. Even though <laughs> it's, hard for it's very hard for me for an hour to, to not cuss. <laughs> and we tell people all the time because, you know, people don't understand. They can't, they can't correlate the words we use with what we believe about God. And we tell them, look, God doesn't put a prohibition on cussing. God puts a prohibition on cursing. There is a very large difference. There is a very large difference well, between using a word that man has put a negative connotation on versus, for example, you tell your child that he's a stupid POS, that's cursing him, right? You tell someone that they're an idiot or they'll never amount to anything. That's cursing someone. You drop an F-bomb here and there as a preposition. That's cussing. That's totally different. <laughs> hey, look, it was a it was an acronym. Fornication under consent of a king. That was the acronym. Right? It actually came in the post-black post plague. I am the king of acronyms. The population. Right? I was in the military. We have PXs. We have BXs. We have LCDs. We have OCDs. We have MCDs. We Man, have I miss BAH and BAS. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I mean, there's it was it's just a word, really. Who cares? We got to grow up past that. But anyway, that's awesome. Uh, definitely looking forward to picking up your book. Yeah. Good stuff. It's been great, great visiting. I've enjoyed it. You we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Have a good day and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yes. And I'll send you okay. that link. Uh, I'll email you that link for the toothpaste. It's uh, freshmouth.life for anyone else in the audience that wants to hear it. It's absolutely amazing. It's literally changed our lives. It actually, Two years I haven't been to a dentist. It, it restores your enamel. This is crazy. So it's the nano silver. It restores your enamel. The only issue that we've had is that after two years, it started to heal our teeth to the point where our, our cavity, our fillings are starting to pop out. Wow. Because it heals your teeth. Um, it's crazy. It heals, cures gingivitis. It cures like sensitive gums. Um, the whole, I've had a, a, I had a crack in my tooth for the longest time. That's completely gone. Happy. Um, Say say it again. Happy. What it's was a, the? Well, it's it's freshmouth.life. Oh, freshmouth.life. Freshmouth. Freshmouth.life. Freshmouth.life. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thank you. It's We're gonna email it to you. So, yeah, I'll email it to you. Okay. Sounds great. We'll talk soon. All right. You have a great night. Nice to meet you. Thanks for Bye -bye. coming. On. Have a great one. God bless.
All oh, right. There you go. Fantastic. You know, I, good I love having a good interview coming in here and talking about God. We do church every day. Weird. So still weird. I know. I know. I know the whole Clay Clark thing. I got you guys. So, I know. Right, so I know about you guys. Let me, let me, let me answer that question because Leo asked why so many Clay Clark guests. So, um, a lot of our guests, I personally go out and, and hunt down like Dr. Brett Barker, right. Yep. Met him on Twitter and you know, a, a lot of, probably about half of our guests, um, like Dr. Diane Kayser, like I heard her on another her podcast yep. and I went and sought her out. Um, but about half of our guests, when we were at some Clay Clark events, I met this wonderful lady named CJ. CJ has a booking agency. So I met her through Clay Clark and, uh, most of her guests are associated with Clay Clark in some way, shape or form. I don't, we don't take anywhere near all of the guests that she wants to send us. Not maybe one, not even close. like one out of 10, honestly. Most of them now, because I know who they are or exactly. I know something about them. And I'm like, no, but bring them out here. like this one, this Floyd. And I really, I, I liked his bio. And, and that's really what I, I read through, you know, I, I was, I was reading the Western journal before any other conservative news media on Facebook. Yep. That was kind of what started me down the conservative media road. Like, wait, all that is lies. Like, it seems like the only truth we're getting is from this one publication. So the fact that he started the Western journal kind of that that was what got me. And now that he's going to AMP? associating with AMP, obviously Josh is on AMP, um, mixed in a I've bunch been on of AMP. segments yep. on AMP. I was like, oh yeah, no, we I definitely want to talk to this guy. So that was why. Um that's no, why, we're never that's why look, so many look, Clay Clark we're not guys. selling out to AMP. Don't worry about that. It's not no. happening. I'm not gonna do that because they do want to control what we say. Not gonna and happen. I, I told them no. I said, not unless you're gonna let me cuss. I said, put me on after hours then and we'll you know, let us cuss then. Don't don't make it a, a, a thing where it's, you know, between, well, they have still, they have FM based shows. That's the reason we can't do it. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play the FCC's rules. Fuck them. They can't control the internet. So guess what? I'll come on here and spit my shit. And this is where I'll do it. People can come find me if they want. Yeah. They know where I'm at. Anyway. I can't do the, you want to get high? You want to get high? But that's okay. Because we can do it now. I really have to blow my nose though. I was sniffling this so hard so that fast. whole time. It okay. Already is up. Just talk for a second because I'm sorry. Grab me a beer. I really have to blow While my nose. While you're doing that. I know. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Oh, you know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about this since we're about to smoke some. Oh, yes. Have you heard about Biden's big marijuana move? You, you want to know what this is about? This is really about votes. This isn't about marijuana. This isn't about us getting legalized weed. That's not going to happen. But listen to this. Amp can suck a dick. I agree. BSS. I'm not, I, I'm not big on amp. Uh, at first I was, and then as I got to talk to more of them, I kind of realized what's wrong with amp. And the reason that there's something wrong with amp is because again, they control what you say. Look, you're not allowed to cuss. You're not allowed to swear. You're not allowed to say shit on their air. I'm not, we're, we weren't, we were not going to be allowed to say the shit about Donald Trump that we talk about. Do you guys want that? I didn't think you did. That's why we said no. Anyway, 
This one that just came out, Biden's big marijuana move. Last week, the Biden administration urged the DEA to loosen federal regulations on marijuana, paving the way for the most significant shift in federal drug policy in decades. Last week, the Biden uh, Biden's Department of Health and Human Services recommended the DEA to enact a more laxed regulation on marijuana in the federal level. The White House is calling for the agency to reclass marijuana as a Schedule Three substance, yeah. as it should have been from day one. But whatever, substance under the Controlled Substances Act, cannabis is currently classified as a Schedule One, which the DEA considers substances or chemicals with no currently accepted medical use or high potential uh, or high potential for abuse. First of all. Yes, there is an approved medical use. We have been using approved medical use for PTSD for the last six years in this country. Marijuana has been used and its numbers are ridiculous. You want to know why you don't hear about the numbers of PTSD and people with PTSD? It's because, um, like for instance, we were listening to the Oliver Anthony um, interview the other day when we were working out in the yard with uh, Joe Rogan. And he said something. Uh, He had a brain injury. He had a pretty severe brain injury. Um, which caused PTSD. When you have a brain injury like that, that will cause PTSD. Yeah. Whether or not it was from trauma or not is immaterial. It will still cause PTSD because you're going to wake up some days and you're not going to know where you're at. I've done it. I've woken up going, the fuck am I? How'd I get um, here? Dude, that happened last night. You were sleeping on the couch and I, I woke you up playing with well, your balls. I was like halfway asleep, I'm sure. <laughs> I literally woke you up by playing with your balls and you got that, you woke up with that that wild animal look in your eye like you had no idea who you were or where you were or who I was. And I was like, calm down, babe, I'm your wife. It's me, it's okay. I, I'm allowed to play with your balls. But Those that's, are my balls. That's, that's PTSD though. And 100%. one of the things he was describing was PTSD. He was suffering from PTSD. Yep. And he quit smoking weed at the same time. And he wondered why his PTSD got worse. Well, why did your PTSD get worse? You quit smoking weed. The one medicine that was actually fixing your PTSD, you stopped using it. That's an issue. Anyway, uh, that's that's what they said. Anyway, so they're going to hopefully drop it down to a Schedule 3. If this goes to a Schedule 3, folks, weed's legal. You can grow it. You can smoke it. Essentially. Well, it's they're going to have to come up with some provisions for it because it's still a schedule three. It'll be like, uh, it'll be like Tylenol Tylenol with coating. Yeah. No, it won't be Tylenol. No, schedule three. That's schedule one. No, that's schedule three. I have a clip on it. All right. Well, I have a clip on it. Coating is not. Coating is considered an opium. It is not a schedule three. That is a schedule one drug. That's a class one narcotic. You go pick it up. Tylenol three is class one narcotic. Because you have to take it under adult supervision. It's impossible. I'm, I'm telling you. It's impossible. I can tell you that right now. Because all it, uh, all opiates are class one. Or all, all schedule one. Every single one is a schedule one. Mm-hmm. Even amphetamines are. I thought I put it in here. Hmm. ADHD. What is it? Uh, but What's that shit? Uh, the same shit I was taking. Adderall. The bath salts. The Yeah, Adderall. That shit was schedule one too. Yeah. Well, y'all hear uh, Jill has COVID and yeah, who cares? It's, uh, I want to get Whoopi high. has COVID, which hopefully she dies. I want to get high. All right. Well, let's go then. And I'm going to say that. Hopefully she dies. I don't okay. care if people don't like it. All right. Fine. Because I hate Whoopi. I know. And most people do too. All right. So you know what time it is, fuckers. You've got it. And you can smoke it. <laughs> <laughs>
What are you doing? Well, I'm. This is the. Oh, this actually, is I think this is a different. This might be a different one. I don't know. This is. Uh, I think this might be the second one that Jason, that Mark Jason Walker sent to me. Huh. Let's check it out. Thunder. 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 Thunder kicks. And we're still oh! live. Jordan, Molly, Molly, come swing the thing right by me. Got a joint if you wanna get stoned. Got choppers if they wanna try me. Pro athlete, I'm not no wanna be. Waitress ask how many bottles I said 20.
Guys, we got our first up. We got a 930 right now. Man. Well, get out of here. I'm not that pure. Get out of here. You're pure, purer than my blood. Get out of here. RH negative. Fancy people. I'll see you at 930. Yeah, you fancy people. This is the very first time I ever met Justin. That's funny. At a Clay Clark event in Dallas. And I sat down and did an interview with him. And the very first thing he said to me is, you're not allowed to talk bad about the vaccines. You're not allowed to talk bad about Pfizer because they're our biggest sponsor. And I was like, well, then we're going to have a problem. And you can't talk bad about the government. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, fuck, we're done. Fuck, that's a problem. I like that one. Thank you, Mark. It's not a bad one. I did like that one, actually. Yeah. I did like the other music, though. Yeah, I prefer the other music. But well, that's, that's okay. Me. All right, Leo, 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 Leo. First off, uh, I've been dealing with this now, and honestly, I'm down to the point where, like, for the first time ever, going through a cold because that's what this is. I have a fucking cold. Okay, I got a parasite. How do I know that? Because I treated it with fenben and ivermectin, and as soon as I did that. I got all snotty and I've literally just been blowing green and yellow snot out my nose for two days now. You know what that is? That's all the parasitic debris. That's all the dead shit that the Fenben and the Ivermectin killed. And it's got to come out somehow. Can't just stay in your body. You got to get it out. Okay. Normally you deposit it the rear end way, but sometimes depending on the cold, depending on where the cold is, where the parasite was, mm -hmm. you're going to have phlegm. Yeah. Now look, there's things you can do. You you can take the antihistamines out there. Um, it which, just dries it up, but it doesn't get anything out. Which is fine. And it will dry it up. It'll make your life a little bit easier during the day, especially if you're working with your hands all day and it's really hard to blow your nose, which I understand that. And I understand that issue. Um, and that makes sense. And I don't have an issue with that. Take it, dry it up. But at the same time that you do that, realize eventually some point it's going to have to come out what you can end up doing is causing another infection yep. by keeping it in too long. So let me, this isn't doctoral advice. This is a paramedics advice. Let me give you some just straight human physiology for you. All right. When you take a, when you take medicine, first of all, you take a pill, it goes through your body twice. It goes through your liver twice, which is worse. Um, it's more damaging to your liver. It does a lot more damage to your liver that way. That's why pills are horrible. 90% of the time you want to get an injection. Why? Because it will only go through your liver once, which is perfect, which is all you want because you don't want to do so much damage to your liver that you end up with cirrhosis and you die later on of fucking some horrible liver disease. So the best normal way is injection. Actually, you want to know what the actual best way is Stop being a bitch and just deal with it. Seriously. I'm, I'm dead serious. Think about people 60 plus, 70 plus, 80 plus years ago. How did they deal with it? But listen. They, they didn't have the, the flu, flu be gone shot or whatever, okay. or the snout shit or the Saline deal with it. And First of all, okay. deal with it. People have but been putting salt water up their stop. nose to get rid of phlegm for millennia. First of all, deal with it. But second of all, Take care of yourself first, because if you take care of your own body, guess what? All the rest of that shit's going to figure itself out. 
It will. It's going to do it faster, especially if you have less drugs combating the systems that are already there in place to help you heal. Yeah. What you need to do is give your body the things it needs to heal you faster. Okay. You don't need to take pills to suppress the symptoms. You need to give your body the things it needs to heal faster. Cardio Miracle. Seriously. Go to defiantmiracle.com. Leo, please go get you some Cardio Miracle. And then go to patriotpartypod.com. Okay. And when you scroll down to our sponsors, there's a link for the vitamins, for the liposomal vitamins. Go get you some of that vitamin C, that high dose liposomal vitamin C and vitamin D too. Okay. Vitamin C and vitamin D. Why vitamin D? You know that 85% of the people that go into the hospital for any reason are vitamin D deficient. Okay. Everybody, when you get sick, you are vitamin D deficient because your body uses vitamin D to help heal. If you don't have enough to start with, then literally sunshine is life. And, and look, when you get the liposomal, when you get the liposomal, the, the, that one that she's got on the site that also has the K2 kicker in it. Yeah. So it will stick in your system. What mm -hmm. you want, you want that for energy, uh, Leo, if that's what you're looking for. First of all, if I were you, um, I don't know how old you are, sir. I'm going to guess you're about my age. If you're about, been married 20 years, probably about, if age. you're about my age, I would say this first, um, go get your shit tested, go get your T levels. Find out where your testosterone is at first, okay? Because I'm sorry, there's too much shit in our environment. You want to know why this low T shit is such a real thing? Because the low T is in everything. They they try to take they they inject estrogen into these into the chickens we eat, into the cows you eat, Leo. You are getting blasted with so much estrogen in your normal diet as a man. It's tough to keep your T levels up. Leo says, I'm not sick, just allergies. You know what we've discovered recently? This is crazy. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Okay. Marijuana is a anti-histamine. No, 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 not, no, 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 not just that. No, that is too. In, in going on this whole pure food kick, you know that when we went to Jamaica, now y'all know that Mick is deathly allergic to pineapple, right? He's joked, not really joked. He's talked about how I've tried to kill him on a couple of occasions by feeding him pineapple. And then I feel guilty and I give him Benadryl. Mostly it was by accident. The pineapple part, not the Benadryl. Once the Benadryl was by accident. But <laughs> anyway. Thank God for that accident. <laughs> you know, shit. I didn't need a hole in the head. Listen, but now that I've got one, it's not such a bad thing. Nick is Wow, you sound like a liberal, hon. I'm just kidding. Nick is deathly allergic to pineapple. You know I adore you now. Um, and we've, I've always been really careful about, you know, getting things with pineapple. Okay. We are also both deathly allergic to poison ivy. We've talked about that too. And being up North, that's, that's a rough one because, um, we'd get it so bad. Like we'd go sledding in the, in the middle of winter and that thin band between like where your snowsuit ends and your glove begins, we would just literally the oil on the wind from a poison ivy plant within a half a mile of us would get us infected and it'd get in our bloodstream and like 
In his no, no. throat will I've, close up. I've had it in my bloodstream yeah, where it tracks it right up your, up your veins. veins. You it's watch insane. it just go right up right? your veins. Deathly allergic to poison ivy. All right. Both of us had that. Like I was on steroid shots from when I was from the time I was eight. Uh, when we came back from England, actually, was when I developed my poison my poison ivy allergy. That and the same time I developed my my uh, tinea. Okay. When when I joined the military, I or when I was in the army, we go to the woods. Like we go out to the woods to yeah. do training and shit. I would go see the medics before we went. Yeah. They would give me a prednisone shot. Yeah. Immediately, that was the first exactly. thing they would give me, and then they would give me. Uh, I get prednisone pills because. I'd gone, I'd gotten sent back because literally, uh, one time, all right, here's, here's a crazy story. So no shit. There we are. We're out in the woods. We're up you know, in Fort Dumb. Be a good one when he starts with, oh shit. There um, and, uh, we had just gotten these new HF systems, um, high frequency radio systems where you could burst, um, images, data. You could go into the computer and I could type up a whole like huge report of all the intelligence I just collected and I could put pictures and all sorts of other shit with descriptors. I mean, the intelligence is on hand real time and you're bouncing this shit off of satellites across the world. Right. So, uh, we were in the woods. Uh, we had just jumped into Fort Polk. We had been there for 48 hours. We were in a thicket hiding, really, really good. We were collecting all this intelligence and we were going out to make one of our burst transmissions because you could only do it. At, well, we decided to do it at certain times during the day. So that way we kept the transmission time low and the equipment wasn't out there forever. And we could just do it really quick and get back to what we were doing. Yours truly, um, decided on this operation that, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to free ball it. Uh, we jumped out, we got ready up at Fort Dumb and we would fly down from Fort like Dumb. commando style free ball? Oh yeah. Oh, oh free ball. Okay. Free ball. It was okay. the middle of summer. Free balling. Gotcha. Um, like your dad wearing a dress when he mows the lawn. Free balling. More or less. Yes. Okay. So we're, we would get all prepared up there. Like it was a real operation. Like we were flying overseas, everything else. Cause it was like a three hour flight time from New York to jumping into Fort Polk. And, uh, we'd be on this C-130 for this flight and, or C-17. Normally we've got C-17s. Thank God. Love C-17 jumps. They're wonderful. Rear exit, every single one. Loved them. It was only six of us. So it was always easy. But, um, so we jumped in and, uh, was on the ground for about 48 hours. And I developed the absolute worst case of poison ivy from my waist down that I've ever, ever, ever had in my whole entire life. You're not supposed to use those leaves to wipe your ass, babe. So, oh, I didn't. Oh, this was from, <laughs> this is literally from, from sweat. From the wind, from the air. No, from the, this the was from sweat from my molecules. body, yep. walking through the plants yep. and having it get into my clothes, yep. into my BDUs. Yep. And I could see where my sweat so was sure. running down my leg and I could see the bubble of poison ivy that went yep. all the the worst part were my nuts were about the size of fucking grapefruits. I couldn't even lay down to how bad it was. I was in enormous amounts of pain. My nuts were fucking huge. Well, our first sergeant at the time, our, well, our detachment sergeant and first sergeant. Did he get to rub them for you? He said, I don't believe you take a picture of it. <laughs> I said, fuck it. Dude, <laughs> I, I dropped trowel. 
I dropped Trow. I tell you what. So he he was joking, of course. He was being a dick, but he was joking, of course. <laughs> and because they were like, hey, he's got to get medevaced out. But even our medic was like, nope, he's got to go. There's nothing else I can do for him. I can't give him anything else. Um, I don't have enough Benadryl in my bag to even keep him sedated long enough to deal with his fucking nuts. His nuts were three times the size of what they're supposed to be. And they didn't believe me. So I get back to the, to the camp. A uh, couple, you know, I finally get out of the infirmary. They gave me like massive dose of fucking prednisone in my ass. Mm -hmm. I was walking weird for like a week because I yep. had a weird knot in my fucking cheek. And I, I had to fucking watch my nuts because they were so swollen. I fucking couldn't even like if if I swung them wrong, it hurt. It's like that um, dude with the elephant. It didn't itch. Nuts, you know, that he has to wear a hoodie. It uh, fucking on, on the hurt. It didn't itch. It hurt. So I'm That's fucking sad. sitting there. And we get uh, things down there. I come stretch like, that. like they're like, hey, you got to stay down here for at least another couple of days. So I did. And uh, they moved me back to where our talk was, where I it was still air conditioned so I could be there. They were giving me prednisone anyway. On top of that, I had massive like calamine shit all over me. Anyway, yeah, you, you had pink nuts. The uh, I walk into the talk the day this is four days after I got released from the hospital and I had to stay there for one more day before I got caught a flight back to Fort Dumb. And uh, I'm sitting there and uh, walking the talk and there's nothing but pictures of my nuts <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. They cropped it. They blew it up. It was everywhere. It was on top of every file folder. My nuts became our team symbol for a while. That's amazing. I was like, you motherfuckers. That's fantastic. I even think they sent some to the ex. That's a picture excellent. of it to the ex. That's excellent. I mean, she probably didn't recognize them. Not like she saw them much anyway. <laughs> she was too deep in nine other people's nuts. Exactly. You know. But anyway. It happens. So, all right. And I had tinea my whole life, which um, tinea is a, an overproduction of yeast in your body. I basically look like I had cheetah spots. Okay. I had little... I had little white spots all, I mean, all over, all up my arms, my chest, my back, hadn't reached my face yet. Um, it was, it was starting to, and I went on this horrible medication after Connor was born and, uh, I couldn't drink anything for six months. It was, it was, fuck, it was nasty. Okay. Um, I was nasty because I couldn't drink anything for six months, but <laughs> actually that's not true. I don't really drink that much, but uh, not like him. But anyway, and then when I got pregnant with Liam, it came back. Not like him. What are you trying to say? You drink a case of beer a night. I maybe have a shot of rum in my coffee. True. Okay. Good point. Yeah. If that. <laughs> anyway. You're full of shit. You drink a bottle of wine. Bullshit. How often do I get wine these days? Okay, maybe. Because we can't wine. afford it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I gave up my, my wine so that you can continue to have beer because I would rather be sober and have you be happy and well lubricated than the other way around. True. Okay. I would be an awful asshole. Exactly. Anyway, uh, my after I got pregnant with Liam, my tinium came back because your whole hormones change, right? Or that's what they told me. And I was not about to go back on that horrible medication. Anyway, I was like, fuck it. I'll just deal with it. And it, it wasn't 
as bad as it had been. I mean, it had been growing on my body for almost my entire life up to that point. And then it pretty much cleared up. And then Isn't it, like a mold it came back. Or something it's like yeast. That? It's yeast, overproduction yeast. of yeast. Yes. Normally done by a parasite, right? Correct. 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 I didn't know that. That's not what they told me. They told me that it was just, it was a hormone imbalance. No. Poison ivy is also, I think, parasitic as well. Correct. So when we went to Jamaica this past couple months ago, right? Um, you know, we're, we're really careful in Jamaica whenever we travel because we go to Caribbean places and they serve pineapple with fucking everything. But the place we stay at palace is really, really good. Like every time you walk into any restaurant anywhere and the first thing they ask you is, does anyone have any allergies? Right. And we have this whole mantra, like he's allergic to pineapple. My mom's allergic to cracked black pepper, but only raw. It's okay if it's cooked. It's this whole big fucking thing. Right. And red wine just for her. And anyway, right. Like I usually just, I, I run down the list because, and my dad's sitting there rolling his eyes, but they're legitimate. He would die from pineapple. And then we went out on this excursion that fucking 15 hour excursion where we went all the way up the mountains and did the whole tour of the rum facility and then went on the river and all this other stuff and like literally came home the next almost the next day right wasted a day we really did it we was an kind entire of freaking day but if they feed you they feed you lunch so we get up there you know we eat lunch and we're starving and this is right before we went on the riverboat with the crocodiles um and they have this, you know, amazing jerk chicken and pork and rice and this amazing sauce. Oh my God, it was, it was wonderful. It, it was, was the best so I've ever good. seen. I was like, oh my God, that is so good. It was so good. He put extra sauce on the rice. All over my meat, all, all over, over my, it. all over the meat, all over. And the I go back up there. We, we, I went up for seconds on the sauce. And I was like, hey, can you put more sauce on my rice? And I was like, what's in that anyway? It's so good. And they're like, oh, it's pineapple based. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I turn around and I look at him and I literally expected him to be like passed out blue on the ground. No, he's chowing away with extra shoveling sauce it on his down, rice, shoveling, shoveling it, it down, down because literally we had no nothing reaction else to eat, whatsoever. But. None. So then we're like, holy shit. So then we tested it the next day. He ate fresh pineapple for breakfast. Yep. No reaction whatsoever. Okay. I did the smallest little bit. Yeah. And folks, that small little bit would have fucking killed, killed me any him. other day. No reaction. I had absolutely no reaction. That lady is 100% right. And then, you know what? And then we're, and we started talking about it. And I was like, holy shit. And I looked down, right? We're out at the pool. That it was the next day. And we're talking about like, you know, we just had breakfast. He just had pineapple. And I, I was like, my tinny is gone. And, I, you know, it's been such a part of me for so long, I hadn't even thought about it. And you don't really see it. I didn't really see it in the winter. But when I get a tan, you, I would really see it. It was no, really noticeable. No, what we saw was your cousin. We saw Paul. That's right. We saw my cousin Paul. And, and his we were is like, so bad. his is so bad. And I, and I looked at and I was like, my tinny is gone. It is entirely. I can't remember the last time. Well, you have a small, you have a small, small patch on your back, but very, very, it's negligible. Okay. It's gone. Okay. And I was like, well, holy shit. And then when we, we come home and 
I've been working out in the yard, obviously, right? That's what I do. I spend fucking six hours a day in the gardens. Today, I planted whole herb beds and aloe in the grounds and all kinds of fun stuff. I was working on the front. But a couple of weeks ago, I noticed on the inside of my finger, I had a poison ivy patch right, right here on the inside of my finger. And I was like, this is a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh fuck, now I'm, now I'm in for it. Like now I'm fucked. And I, I showed it to him and it was obviously poison ivy. Like we've, you know, we've seen it. We, we know it's coming. And I knew where it came from because I was pulling weeds, of course, with my bare hands, cause I hate using gloves unless I'm pulling thorns. Even then they don't work. They go right through the fucking gloves. What's the point? Um, but, uh, I, I hit some poison ivy. I was like, shit, you know, and I went and I mean, I knew when I pulled the poison ivy, I, I, we grew up knowing exactly what it looks like because we do our damnedest to avoid it. Um, and there's a, a procedure I had for years. I still have, yeah. because if you touch it, like in my world, it's so bad for me. I go and I dump pure bleach on my hands, mm -hmm. just regular bleach. I know it burns like a motherfucker, but I, I, I will do that first because that will kill every bit of it. I have, I have stuff called Ivy wash. I use that instead because I won't put pure bleach on my skin. Sorry. Um, but you know, like I, I have Ivy wash. I keep it specifically for this. And so I went and I, I washed my hands. I was like, fuck. And, um, I just had a couple of little dots pop up on the inside of my finger and they stayed there for about a week and they didn't spread and they didn't itch and they didn't pus and I didn't go to the hospital or have to get a prednisone shot for the first time in my life. You know, I still haven't gotten poison ivy and I've been exactly. outside. Exactly. You are outside. Much? You're outside with, I mean, you're not outside with me all the time, but you have to chasing the chickens the lawn, around. You're or, running around yeah. chasing the chickens. Yeah. 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 I've been through the woods. I, I. So the point of all this is, Leo, you say that you have, it's just allergies. What if I told you your allergies weren't just allergies? What if they were parasites? Just another sickness. And what if you got rid of your tell you how to treat parasites? You know, one of the, the things that I looked up is really funny because after we started talking about the whole parasitic thing, I, I started looking into it. I got into a little bit more of your, uh, yeah, that's been off. I don't know what happened. Okay. D live, I guess just decided tonight that it's was not stupid. the night okay. for us. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, but one of the weird things that I always thought was funny, like when we, when I started looking into it, when you have a lot of parasites and apparently when you get rid of them, like Diane Kayser, she says this, there's, there's a ton of doctors that say this, that when you get rid of them, not does your, not only does your overall health increase your biome production within your body, which is the gel that really makes everything work really well together. So like, your lungs breathe, which helps your heart pump, which helps blood circulate through your body, which carries oxygen from your lungs to your muscles to even the furthest muscles away from your heart and back. Re-oxygenates that blood and then sends it right back out and does the whole circuit again. And it's enough oxygen that every muscle gets enough to stay alive. Mm-hmm. 
think that's a that's a complex task to get done. When you boil that task down, you, you're talking about a about a million subtasks in there that have to get accomplished for that one task to get accomplished in your body. So you would think when you remove anything that's stopping that, such as parasites, such as which the big one is parasites, I would say. Now, after doing the research we've done, I would have to agree with you. I think parasites are the big one. Yep. Your overall body biome picks up. You get more energy. Mm -hmm. You get more sex drive. You need less sleep. Yeah. You start noticing that, hey, at 6 a.m. when the that fucking rooster starts going, <laughs> I'm wide the fuck awake. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I just want to sleep for 30 more minutes. No. Cocksucker, go to sleep. Nope, he's wide awake. He's and I'm awake. like, fuck. And then they're having competitions. Yeah, the new little ones that are learning they're how starting, to do it. Because now we're going to have now. more pecker we're fights. Gonna have like fucking 10, 10 we're going to have a lot of cock fights. Yeah, we are. They need to get big fast so we can send them to the butcher. <laughs> But all right. it's it's all of that though. That's that's all part of this. If your overall biome picks up, your body, you're gonna be more healthy. Yeah, you're gonna be more energetic. You're gonna want to do more things. The only problem I still see is the testosterone one because parasites don't have to, anything to do with testosterone. No, that is a hormone thing. But so that's a hormone thing, but that's in everything we eat because there's so much estrogen. Yep. Think about the hens you eat. Yeah. Guys, you guys know you're farmers. You know better than I do. You can spit this shit at me. You know, I, I'm not even going to talk about it because I'm not going to embarrass you. You know, but it has the highest you know what their content. What? Beer. So it's even worse. Yeah. I need to start brewing my own. Commercially Damn. produced beer. They literally inject estrogen into it. They've been doing it for years. Why do you think tea Bud Light's gay? Such a thing. Seriously. Seriously. Gay. I'm dead beer, serious. Beer makes you gay because they just they're pumping it full of estrogen. We gotta get out of here though, because Josh is uh we coming do. up next. We yes. do. So either way, we will be back tomorrow night, 545 with the new computer. Woo! Still doing great. This yes. is fucking outstanding. Yes. I love it. I haven't seen a slowdown. I haven't seen a blip or nothing. It's amazing. So look, you fuckers have a great night. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Um, Miss Lana will be on at 905. She was on this morning. I was amazed. I was like, holy shit, there great. she is. Yeah. She's got her new show up and running. Um, outstanding. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see you tomorrow morning, ma'am. Uh, 9.05 over on Pilt and Rumble. Uh, you can check us out back here tomorrow night, 5.45 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the regular show. We're going to do it normal time tomorrow night. Don't worry mm -hmm. about it. No guests, normal show. Yep. And we're going to see how well this system does. You got because it. Because we're going to run clips and everything. Straight off the internet. We'll see how it goes. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. Be fun. All right. So, for the Mick. And be Lynn. You fuckers have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching, y'all. Peace. Depend on your ways, cause you'll be over.
over-agitator. I'm talking growing tomatoes. Feeding the worms I fish with later. I'll have a fish stick plate over a six-foot grave before I take a knee as our anthem plays. My hands on my heart. I stand on what I say. And my second amendment handles what I can. I ain't trying to be Billy Badass or talk shit. I'm just saying, there's the line. Don't cross it. I got a red rider gun when I was three, so I don't Fuck around and find 